What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, so I'll make this pitch extremely easy for you. We've got a free $20 to hand to you, which you can use on fantasy sports betting immediately. All you have to do is download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up using the promo code LEGACY, and deposit a minimum of $20, and you'll get an instant $20 bonus tacked onto that. With the NBA reset season and playoffs underway, fantasy sports and daily betting for the resident NBA junkie has never been this intense and this fun. And when it comes to fantasy betting platforms, make sure to make the right choice and hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for players that makes games super simple and intuitive that even first time beginners can pick it up instantly. Enter a contest where all you have to do is choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. You're merely dealing with over-under prop bets that each have a point total associated to them based on likelihood of occurring. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. So what are you waiting for? Win some money on the side while you watch the excitement of this year's NBA playoffs. Again, use promo code LEGACY when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where move over clear eyes full hearts can't lose 
we've got a new slogan in town for the NBA Orlando playoffs, and it's two through the nose, one to the throat. <laughs> that's pretty much how they're going to be testing players. So that's the slogan we're going with. And break. They're going to go two through the nose, one to the throat. Break. Uh, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I am joined by my co-host, Alan Riley. Alan, what do you think about that new slogan? Does it instill that championship motivation for you? I feel my adrenaline, you know, pumping right now for sure. I can feel it in my nostril. I can feel it uh, in your throat, in my trachea. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel it in my brain even, you know. Oh, man. So remember that, everybody. Two through the nose, one to the throat. Break. Break. Uh, with the, with that said, Alan. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what time God. is it? Two through the nose, one through the throat. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. It's so good. Uh, icebreaker. It's not really an icebreaker question, but our shoot the shit time, Alan, is um, if you look below your box, because obviously, you know, we can all see the border that we're hovering around on our YouTube video. Um, what what is the title to this episode? I think it's below you, actually, so not above you. Oh, okay. Uh, what is the title of this episode? Yeah, obviously our our audience can can it view it. The Lakers Legacy Podcast. That is the title of our <laughs> podcast. But just to uh, help you out, the title to tonight's episode is going to be called. Weight Watchers, but Waiters Watchers with the ERS in parentheses for Dion Waiters for obvious reasons. Boom, 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 A, A, A. With that said, uh, tonight's episode, we're going to try and keep it short and breezy because we know news and info are coming in pretty rapidly at this point. I think we're trying to figure out whether Dwight Howard is officially going to uh, join the Lakers in Orlando. He has been practicing. We've seen video of him shooting three-pointers at a gym, so it seems likely, but at this point, everything's fluid, so uh, we want to make sure to keep the show pretty contained. Um, So yeah, I'm going to just do the plugs really quick. As usual, please follow us on Twitter, at LakersLegacyPod. We are losing followers for some reason since getting back into action, and that just doesn't seem right, so please help us rectify that. Uh, Also, please... I don't like your guys' faces! (laughs) Come on! Come on, guys, help us out. We're putting a lot like more looking effort at into you. this. Um, please also rate and review us five, star on, five stars on iTunes. We have been stuck on 410 for like four months or so. So it would be great to get some affirmation or feedback as we reattempt to ramp up here, just like the NBA. Uh, the more you rate and review us five stars, that's how much more white hair LeBron will grow on his beard to the point where he just looks like Moses uh, dominating people in Orlando and dunking on them. So part the Red Seeds, everybody. It's LeBron coming in. Um, We also have an Instagram account, which you can follow us on, at Lakers Legacy Pod. And as we have been referencing, a YouTube channel under Lakers Legacy, where you can watch us live stream this show. Um, So please follow those two accounts. Uh, The cool thing about YouTube, Alan, is especially with everyone working from home, you can actually just cast us onto your smart TV if you have one or like a Roku and just play it in the background and have it on as like an actual show and the sound quality and everything will be pretty good. Um, So try that out for for change. And um, yeah, so those haven't really taken off either. So we would really implore you guys to check all the new socials out, follow and share. Uh, Lastly, congrats to Pete Zayas at Laker Film Room for being hired on. 
uh, to the actual Lakers organization. Hell as yeah. a, He's going to be working with video, of course, but I'm sure that will probably trickle and stem into other aspects of the organization as well. So very well-deserved on Pete's part. And it's an inspiration to any of us doing this, you know, side hustle Lakers thing um, that somebody, you know, from this sort of group can kind of make it all the way to the top. So congrats to Pete. And obviously the only downside is he can't tweet the way he used to. I know uh, that was the first thing I thought, (laughs) you know, riff on Rondo and everything like that, but we'll have to take it as they come. It's a catch 22, but but a great catch 22 at that. All right. Uh, so let's get into things. Um, quick summary of what we've heard thus far. Avery Bradley has opted to not join the Lakers in Orlando for very, reasonable reasons he's he's doing it because his son has some respiratory issues and he just wants to make sure um that he keeps his family's safety and health in mind and that is his first priority which we totally understand and not to mention on top of that he was already considering sitting out because of the civil unrest happening in the nation right now so totally respect avery bradley's decision and we will get into what his loss means for the lakers basketball wise Uh, As I mentioned, we're still awaiting word from Dwight Howard. Um, It does seem like he might be coming. Um, Lastly, I think DMC is most likely out, but apparently him and his agent haven't confirmed anything yet. So they could potentially sign on with a team. Maybe the Lakers will see. Um, By the time you hear this or listen to this, maybe some of this news uh, has already been confirmed. Um, Oh, last bit of... The last tidbit is obviously that J.R. Smith it looks to be an emerging candidate to sign with the Lakers after biking with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the streets of L.A. Obviously, that's not the reason why, um, but that may be confirmed as well. I don't know what the wait is as of now, why they haven't done it yet. Maybe the Lakers are looking at other options, which makes sense. Um, but we will, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our, what's it called? Our... Ears open. to the pulse of that Our... ears open throats and our nostrils noses. Yeah. <laughs> nostrils clear <laughs> nostrils flared yeah all that we'll keep our finger to the pulse of that situation uh the lakers have one substitution spot to use to replace avery bradley uh just to remind everyone the team can carry up to 17 players and that includes their g league two-way spots but right now it's pretty much filled but with avery bradley's exit they now have that um option open um okay So, our first topic and agenda, before we get into the Lakers specifics, Alan, um, the NBA and the NBPA have confirmed that they are moving forward with this plan to re-up the league come June 30th now, which is, or sorry, July 30th, which is a day earlier than previously mentioned. Um, We are currently in the NBA's transactional window for the next week till, I I believe, July 1st. Players can't officially sign till July 1st, but they can begin commitments. Um, we've already seen commitments from the Nets signing on, uh, or the Spurs signing Tyler Zeller, the Nets signed Tyler Johnson, guys like that. Um, some other NBA tidbits are um, the entire Sacramento Kings team is apparently positive for COVID. So I think they're trying to mitigate those risks now and get it out of the way and see who needs to quarantine uh, in order to be safe by the time uh, training camp starts around uh, mid-July. Um, another bit of news is that uh, NBA teams can currently sign players who played in the NBA this year and last year, which makes guys like Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, and even guys like Jeremy Lin eligible to sign. 
um, at the moment, if I have this correct, you can sign NBA players in this transactional window for the next week or so. But once the playoffs start, or I believe once that transactional window is over, you can only sign G League players. Sorry, correction. Once the playoffs start, you can't sign like Jeremy Lin off the street or whatever, or Jamal Crawford. It has to be G League players. So if you plan to sign like an NBA caliber player, now's the time to do so. Um, so yeah, let me see. I think that's pretty much the overarching news. Also, the players plan to, I think the NBA partnered up with the, I don't even know how to pronounce it, the Cora rings or something. Um, so it's going to, I think it helps indicate whether or not you have symptoms. Um, and so the, it seems like all the players are going to be wearing that. They kind of look like Tony Stark nanotech technology and, or like Green Lantern rings. Pretty cool. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I guess my first question to you is an overarching one with regards to the NBA returning. Obviously, our last podcast two weeks ago, we were just excited at the thought and prospects that they did have a plan in place. And now that we're moving forward and we're realizing, you know, more details and also assessing the situation nationwide about how, you know, COVID um, t positive tests for COVID have spiked everywhere because of the easing of restrictions. And obviously we're hearing of these NBA players now that they're testing, every team is testing all their players. Uh, we're hearing all about all these positive tests. And once we've kind of looked at all the details and realized like everything that has to go in place and then work in step throughout from throughout this, you know, July month uh, all the way till October, I guess personally for you, how confident are you about the NBA returning and their plans? It seems like everything is a pretty is pretty comprehensive and they've really done their part to have contingency plans, plan A, B and C if this happens, if that happens, which is great. Um, but for you, knowing that everything needs to stay in sync every step along the way, I guess the question is not how confident are you about it returning. I think it will return, but how confident are you that it will go the full way through till October? <laughs> um, man, I, I'm hopeful and geez, man, it's hard to say. I feel like there's greater than a 50% chance that significant numbers of players on, like, an entire team will contract the virus. And at that point, if you've essentially wiped out whatever it is, a quarter, a third, half of your roster, there's no way you can continue, right? Even if you end up signing, you know, uh, other players from the G League, whatever it is, at that point... What, what are we doing, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's a tough call, man. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think I would be more surprised if we didn't hit any significant snags. I'll put it that way. I, I can't put, like, a percentage point on it necessarily. But if things run fairly smoothly, I would be quite surprised. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I do think we'll finish the season. I actually do think will crown a champion. Um, but as far as things just going seamlessly, I'm a little hesitant to go that far. Yeah, I think I'm along the same lines. I think there's a 50% chance that this season 
won't finish. Um, and that's, I, I think for sure they're going to start it because at some point you just need to try things out, right? And it's a good trial and error because even if we postpone this and we restart next season, you know, next year, January or something, the same snags might happen and we could have already gotten it out of the way now, you know? So I think it's important that they do try it. Um, I just feel like right now with what's happening in the nation, there's probably going to be a lot of pressure on the NBA once things start, you know, going haywire. And and I think the NBA has done a good job of being pretty practical and, and reasonable about things. They understand that positive cases are going to pop up and they have a plan for that. They're going to have like players quarantine for 24 hours and then retest again. And I think if they have two negative tests, then they're free to once again join their team. Um, if they get another positive test, then they'll have to quarantine. I don't know if it's going to be for two weeks, like the initial, um, you know, recommendations, but they do have health professionals helping them out along the way and guiding them. So that's good. But my question is, you have to have everything sync up all along these different lines for it to move forward i feel like and i feel like the situation is fluid not only for the league the players association but the individual players as well like what if you know and all it takes really is one nba superstar to kind of have everything topple down topple over you know what i mean like what if lebron james concocts covid in the midst of playoffs and it doesn't even matter if you know for a fact that by the start of when you're about to play everybody's negative like something can always happen you know some random disney employee doesn't follow the rules and a player gets it from that um what if lebron james tests positive are they gonna wait for him for two weeks it's not like you can have the playoffs go on without lebron james you know and at that point if, if if two other superstars get it even if it's not lebron james can you go on with the playoffs if james harden is out at that point there's like if enough asterisks start piling up, it's almost useless. Like you said, like if we bring in G League players and stuff, it's fine if you're like the ninth or 10th role player on the bench, but all it takes is one superstar to test positive and you don't know what the optics are for the, these players once they realize, oh, I'm playing with somebody that's tested positive. Like it's one thing if they're they're like hanging out right now with their other NBA players and working out, they don't know who's positive and who's negative. But how does that change once the NBA releases, hey, by the way, this guy's positive and we're going to let him play with you guys. Are you okay with that? It only takes a few NBA players to be like, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. Even if health professionals say he's asymptomatic, asymptomatic, he can go, you know? So in that scenario, I'm like, oh man, that seems like a lot of moving parts that have to perfectly align all the way till October, you know? Can they do that? I, I think for the first few weeks, sure, everything's sp spiff and spam, you know? Everybody's following the rules. But two months in, everybody has cabin fever. Like, what's going to happen? So I, I think, I'm hopeful. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I want to see basketball. And maybe once basketball starts, everybody's going to be so tunnel vision and focused that maybe it isn't a problem. <clears throat> so that's my hope. But, I mean, I could totally see one little thing... Um, escalating and snowballing to the point where it just kind of topples over the entire operation. So we shall see. It seems like the NBA is doing as much as it can possibly to mitigate any of those potential um, circumstances. But uh, yeah, we won't know until, you know, games start. And so we have a month left and we'll have to cr cross all these thresholds of like, 
all right, did everybody get here safely? Okay, did training camp go okay? You know, like I, it's gonna be honestly a week by week basis. So that's kind of scary. My best advice is, you know, be hopeful, but don't get your hopes up or totally wrap your head around a solidified NBA season moving forward. So um, yeah, so let's move on to the Lakers specific stuff. We talked about Avery Bradley opting to, to sit out. Um, what are your thoughts on, on just losing Avery Bradley and what those implications are f- on the basketball side of things? Um, obviously, uh, he was a huge part to the Lakers' identity, defensively especially. They had that Avery challenge that they named after him um, while he was out. And um, also, right before quarantine hit, he was on his like hottest stretch shooting-wise. Um, and offensively as well, he was shooting 44% from three over his last 16 games. He was, he was averaging 11 points per game in only 27 minutes. He had that 24-point outburst against the Clippers where he stripped Pat Bev clean and went in for the layup and, you know, just showed more of his grit. Um, obviously, maybe you throw that out the door because of the gap here. But, I mean, I think through and through his contributions to this team have been paramount, intangibles, tangibles on the court, et cetera. So how much does this hurt the Lakers in your opinion? And um, yeah, let's start with that. I think it hurts quite a bit. Um, Obviously on the defensive end, I I heard a stat this morning that when it comes to closing out on three point shooters, um, he's ranked, it it may be number one in the league. Um, So yeah, that's, um, kind of sobering to hear right and and from the eyeball test like we know that of course that he's he's that lockdown kind of guy but to know um you know through these advanced um analytics that he was like truly that effective around the perimeter uh i don't know how you replace that um so i i I do think that in terms of like how much it's gonna hurt us i i put it at a pretty solid chunk, you know, like 20%, you know, of like our overall defensive chemistry and effectiveness and efficiency is going to go down. Um, so yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. Yeah. And I think on top of that, like I mentioned, his intangibles, his veteran leadership would obviously help. And I know it's a different environment because it's not technically the, the playoffs as we've come to know it as, but just having a guard like that who can who's been through every situation is is important you know um so i do think it's going to be a loss because while dwight howard anthony davis uh kind of shore things up on the front line and give us that defensive identity for a front court i felt like avery bradley did that for us for the perimeter players right um so I think the, and we can talk about how how we replace his production because I think as as we've seen from this team all season, it's kind of been a next man up mentality, and uh, everybody does it by committee, right? You know, you 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 have Alex Caruso who was already getting his his minutes a little bit um, pinched. I think everybody wants to see him play, so I think he has also been like one of the backbones to our perimeter defense, and he will get a, a huge chance to step up in in Avery Bradley's place. Um, we still have KCP, of course, who's been very, very consistent uh, the whole season af- outside of his first month. Um, Danny Green's there, although he doesn't, uh, he he wasn't a direct what substitute for Avery Bradley. He still is this d- defensive shooting guard. Um, this is very unlikely, but maybe THT even gets a shot to do something. 
I feel like at this point, everything's fair game in the wild, wild west of whatever this playoff setup is. So you may see random rookies play, you know, who knows? Because the crowd's not there. Maybe they're not as shy. I'm still unlikely, but something to keep in mind. Um, And THD has a seven foot one wingspan. So maybe he'll get some spells here and there. Um, But obviously, I think the question now turns to Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. We haven't seen Dion Waiters play at all, but yeah, what are your thoughts on, you mentioned it the last podcast, he's looking pretty slim, you know, posing in front of a fireplace and all that stuff, Uh, but, um, and he has called himself the TP. Alan, what does TP stand for? Do you know what TP stands for? Uh, shoot, I don't know. He told Quinn Cook in a Zoom call that he is TP, the total package. Oh my god. A package of gummies, who knows, but he is the total package. So, <laughs> so Dion Wade is, I, I mean, I'm pretty excited to watch him play. I think when we signed him on, I was like, where is he going to find time on this team? You know, there's a lot of guards already. Is he going to take some of Kuzma's time? Kuzma's already pinched for time, I feel like, with Markeith Morris coming in. And Dion Wade presumably would do what Kuzma does in terms of be that, you know, scoring punch off the bench but now Dion Waiters has time and he has a chance to like prove himself and before he signed with the Lakers during his like short stint with Miami he had shown some defensive chops as well and using his pretty long wingspan um and he is a pretty strong dude and if he is kind of slimmed down that may even help so um yeah what are your thoughts on Dion Waiters filling filling that role and are you excited yeah uh I'm excited I was looking at um basketball reference just to get a stronger glimpse of his career you know and um man he's had some seasons cut short dude it's it's been a minute since he's it like 60 games you know mm-hmm. um and i mean thankfully in this setup you know it, it's not gonna be a very long time um it's just a a chunk of games really so in terms of his longevity and his endurance and things like that that's kind of taken care of um as far as what he can offer us, I mean, you know, unfortunately, defensively, <laughs> he is uh, nothing like Avery Bradley mm-hmm. whatsoever. So in terms of, like, filling some sort of gap, um, it's not really the same. That's like a circle, cylindrical thing in a, a square hole or whatever. Um, but offensively, as we've said, you know, he could pack that punch. He could get hot real quick, kind of like a microwave type of player. Um so, yeah, I, I think that uh, he could be effective in, in short stints. I could also see times where he does, doesn't work himself into the rotation at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe at the very beginning of the uh, eight-game regular season, he's going to get some run. But as the playoffs go, you shorten up your rosters and the rotations, then uh, he may not find himself in there. Um, but, yeah, you, you just hope that he could be uh, that guy that comes in for – seven eight minutes and can do something positive and and that's about it are you banking on maybe the guys who have been there with the team the whole season like kcp and caruso being more of the step up guys in this sense oh yeah absolutely um i i think as you said before we've had this next man up kind of mentality all season and uh guys really have stepped up consistently and seamlessly and it it doesn't even feel like that much of a surprise you know when these guys do uh fill those roles so if if i were to bet on it i would totally say that our our two guards and our wings are the guys who are going to be the main players as opposed to a Dion waiters or a jr smith Mm -hmm. or you know whoever it is right i think so 
obviously the Caruso thing and bumping his minutes up helps because he will bring that defensive intensity and he has been a huge contributor in that respect. Obviously, while Avery Bradley was not necessarily uh, a savant in terms of playmaking, he still was a guy who you know could who could run a pretty decent pick and roll. And there were times during the season where he always did that lob to you know Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee from the free throw line, and has had a decent solid ball handling skills. Obviously, more so than KCP and at times even Caruso, right? So then the next question is, okay, well, is Rondo our only pure point? Obviously, there's LeBron James, right? But I think this is where maybe Deion Waiters can help because he can score for himself. That's why we signed him. Um, so maybe he will have some ball handling duties and maybe in pinches, it's just like give the ball to Deion Waiters and if Rondo's off the bench, LeBron is on the bench too. Deion Waiters, here's the ball, do something with it, you know, break down the defense. So he might find a role there. And I will say, like I mentioned, Deion Waiters has been improving somewhat defensively. On a team like this, when you know you're only going to get this allotted amount of minutes and you buy into the defensive mentality of the Lakers, I could see him really focusing in on being that bulldog because he has the body for it. He has the wingspan for it. He has shown it before. We've all seen that clip of him in Miami blocking, I think it's against the Clippers, blocking Lou Williams and taking it down the other way. And I think blocking him multiple times. So if he can bring that effort to this team, you know, that will be much welcomed. Um, And yeah, KCP has been consistent. So I think between KCP Caruso, Dion Waiters, and Dion Waiters maybe playing some backup one for Rondo as well, I think that should help shore things up. Um, Now, the next question is J.R. Smith, right? Um, Where does he fit in and, and what are your thoughts about bringing him in? Obviously, we're trading defense for offense with both Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. I think with J.R. Smith is comes the fact that he's played with LeBron before and you're just adding a guy who knows how LeBron likes to play, knows his tendencies when he turns it up another notch, etc., etc. Everybody likes to point to that J.R. Smith meme with LeBron James having his arms out and everything like that. What people fail to forget is the next game after that. I think J.R. Smith came out firing and had a really good game. So he's been to the playoffs. He's a veteran. He's 34 years old. So I think the intangibles there helps, even though, again, what is playoffs in this setting? It's still nice to have a veteran who's seen all different sorts of circumstances. Um... J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, wild cards for sure. Um, they could go the opposite way, but I think with the veteran leadership that we've had this entire season and the buy-in that we've gotten, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've done so every step along the way since deciding Dwight Howard, you know? So yeah, what are your thoughts on, on bringing J.R. Smith in? And do you have like another option or at this point it's just like, it sounds nepotistic, but bring in guys LeBron James knows and we'll be fine with it. I mean, I don't mind the nepotism, so to speak. I mean, when Phil Jackson came here in 2000, he brought a bunch of bulls with him, you know? True. Um, so, as far as JR goes on the basketball court as a player, set aside from NBA Finals, not knowing the time on the clock, I mean, he's a guy that he can freaking play, you know? And um, he's a sharpshooter, he's an athlete. Like you said, he has that chemistry with LeBron going back. He has playoff finals experience, etc. Um, those are things that Alex Caruso doesn't have. You know, that's something KCP doesn't have either. Um, granted, those guys been with the team this whole season. With Jr., it's it's somewhat ironic to be like from the mental and psychological side of things, right. considering his one blunder. But you know what? Like, if we take that out of the equation, like we're not talking about him in this type of way, even though that's very significant. Um, Naturally, it's some of the off-the-court tendencies, a little bit of immaturity despite being a vet. 
throwing a bowl of soup at um, Daniel Booby Gibson. Um, you know, just th- those kinds of silly things. So let- let's hope he's kind of like our Dennis Rodman, you know, <laughs> that um, he has that kind of polarization to him. Um, but in the end, it ends up being a net positive. So mm-hmm. it might be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. It might be a little bit stressful where we're like, oh, gosh, come on, dude, like hold it together. But uh, at the end of the day, when you look at some of the other options out there, which, you know, maybe we'll get into, you know, like the Jamal Crawfords and the, what, like Isaiah Thomas and things like that, like, I, I would take JR over them for sure. Right. I know people are throwing out Darren Collison. And while that's like a flashy name to throw out there, it's like if Darren Collison wasn't going to resume when things were okay, what makes you think he's going to resume oh, yeah. when things are like so uncertain and he could put the risk of his family's health in jeopardy, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, that ship has sailed. <laughs> exactly. And then Jeremy Lin's over there playing ch- basketball in China, but like we have no connection to him either. You Maybe you could say that, well, he's probably the most in shape and basketball ready. But at the same time, I feel like with so much uncertainty hovering around everything i feel like chemistry and intangibles are going to be what separate teams at the end of the day you know so yeah because we're already every team at this point is struggling with those things right right yeah right any sort of cohesiveness you can find and obviously it sounds a little bit ironic because like jr smith hasn't been with the team but he's really close with lebron james and anthony davis and that's cohesiveness in and of itself you know and they it seems like they've been working out this offseason um i know iman shumpert may be an option too he has some relationship with lebron james and he's younger but at this point for the next two months i i doubt youth really has anything to do with it um or i don't think it'll play that much of a role if, if we're comparing iman shumpert and jr smith i think with jr smith it just gives you another guy who i know we have Dion waiters to do this but J.R. Smith has a proven track record of being able to just get hot in the playoffs. And in a situation like this, again, when so many things are uncertain, you're not sure how guys are going to respond. Sometimes it's good to be like, hey, J.R. Smith can randomly rain eight threes in a row in this random playoff game. You know, let's let's see if we can unlock that out of him because he's done it before multiple times. So even just having that and J.R. Smith also is another ball handling guard. He does it more for himself and not is not really a playmaker, but if he needs to create a shot, he can create a shot. He's like the better version of Swaggy P. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we'll see if J.R. Smith actually officially signs. If he does, we've already kind of run through these options when we were deciding between Dion or J.R. You know, a couple months back, and we were fine with either option, and now we may get both. So... If he signs on, great. Let's let's move forward and just hope for health, you know. Um, with that said, if we do have sponsors, they will pop in here. If we don't, then we'll just keep going. So, and we'll catch you guys after the turn. Uh, so we are back. Um, Alan, the last question I want to ask you with regards to the, this Lakers team is, obviously we're waiting on Dwight Howard to confirm that he's going to be joining the team. It seems like he is, but... Um, what if he doesn't, um, how much more imperative is his presence with Avery Bradley out of the picture, I guess, because he was a pretty, you know, big part of our defensive identity, even though Anthony Davis is the defensive anchor, Dwight kind of came off the bench and almost like we didn't lose a step when, when Anthony Davis was out. Um, so yeah, first, how much more imperative is his presence here? And then second, obviously, DeMarcus Cousins may or may not be trying to sign with the team. Do you care? Is it inconsequential at this point because we weren't playing with him to begin with? If Dwight doesn't re-up, then do we, are we like, okay, DMC, come on board? 
Well, if we lose Dwight, that would hurt a lot. <laughs> that would really hurt, especially yeah. in the playoffs. Things slow down. You play in the interior a lot more, and uh, defensively is where he has you know reinvented himself. He's um, you know it's it's that classic Dwight, right? Throwback Dwight. So uh, that that would be. Uh, a real tough pill to swallow for sure, especially with Avery Bradley out. Like you said before, we had Dwight Dwight <laughs> protecting the interior. We had Avery out on the perimeter. You lose two pieces now. Um, and, you know, we obviously hope JaVale McGee can stay healthy and everything, but he does have asthma. Like, he's a total at-risk person, and he's another guy that shores up the interior defensively. So, um, yeah, that, that would we really hope <laughs> that Dwight is able to join us. Um, and then to answer your second question about DeMarcus, I mean, that's just such another wild card type of thing. I mean, we know what he did for Golden State last year in terms of coming out and being extremely effective despite being extremely out of shape because he was injured, you know, pretty much the whole season. He basically won them a game in the finals. Um, so it's easy to go back to that and think, oh yeah, he, he could provide a lot for us, but he hasn't played one minute this season. You know, mm-hmm. he basically hasn't played in two years. And, um, I mean, I, I, I guess, like, if he is going to play, and if we signed him, I mean, I wouldn't be against it, necessarily, but I'd, I'd be, I would taper my expectations with him. regards to what he brings to the table, you know. If anything, it's, like, more off-court chemistry intangible stuff because he was out there on the bench pretty much all season right Mm -hmm. he was telling lebron i think in miami when he had like six turnovers in the first quarter like hey get your head out of your butt right Mm -hmm. and lebron actually turned it around so in terms of those things he's extremely valuable um but yeah I, i wouldn't expect a whole lot out of him on the court yeah, I agree. It's almost like he's just insurance, insurance, and his primary purpose is intangibles and being like an extra coach on the bench and just a guy to bring the, the group together. I agree. Um, so we'll move forward as if Dwight Howard is going to join. So with that said, I feel like we're in a good spot. And if Dwight Howard does join, I don't think we need DeMarcus Cousins um, because we signed Markeith Morris for that added versatile depth anyway. And I was already looking at it and thinking, it's kind of a logjam if you think about it. If everybody is coming and is healthy, it's like Dwight, AD, JaVale, Kuzma, LeBron, Markeith, and then even Dudley at times, you know, for going super small because Dudley has only played power forward this season. So it was already kind of looking like a logjam at the four and five anyways, and Kuzma was seeing his minutes pinched. Markeith Morris was playing very solidly for us and bringing that, you know, defensive gritty bruiser mentality to the table. Um, so I, I li- actually like to see Markeith Morris get some more time. And I think, I know people are going to counter the Dwight Howard thing and say, well, in the playoffs, it does slow down, but also teams play a lot slower, or sorry, smaller, like the Houston Rockets. And we've seen guys like Clint Capella get played off the court. Won't that happen to Dwight and JaVale? And I'd be like, yeah, that's true, but we still need um, a few minutes to spell AD, you know, here and there. And if we're matching up against Milwaukee Bucks, uh, that's when we need our size, right? Because they're not going to go small on us. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Um, so I think Dwight is still important in, in, in that respect. And at the very least, uh, even if Dwight is played off the court, we do have Markeith Morris, Kuzma, Dudley to you know kind of play small 
LeBron, AD, etc. So I feel like we do have a versatile group right now. My only concern is if, like, if Dwight is gone, then like you said, that just leaves JaVale as our one true big. And so I don't want to just have a crop of guys who are more suited to play small and then that's our only identity. Right now, I like that we can, by situation, play fluidly. Whether a team wants to go big, we got them. Team wants to play small, we got them as well. You know, just keeping your options open. And I think that's what Dwight Howard does for us. So, um, so yeah, hope that he is confirmed by the time this show comes out. Um, my last question of the night, Alan, is which Bubble West team would you like to see the Lakers play? And before I get into that, I'll just throw out some dates that are coming up. Uh, the transaction window for the NBA ends June 30th, so next week. Um, July 1st, mandatory individual workouts begin. Uh, teams will begin traveling to Orlando July 7th. Team training camps start July 9th and go till the 21st. Uh, Inter-squad scrimmages, which I didn't know was going to happen. It's pretty cool. Uh, we'll start July 22nd to 20, the 29th. Uh, so I guess that's almost like, you know, uh, watered down preseason because you get to play other teams. And then beginning July 30th, that's when the season will uh, resume. And then the play-in tournament will only happen uh, during two days, August 15th and 16th. And then beginning of round one starts the 17th. Kind of crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a whirlwind. Um, and one added thing to note is that players can actually watch other games going on. So that's like an, another added wrinkle of like, oh man, you can bet LeBron and AD will be at, at as many games as possible, you know, just scouting. I, I think that's such an interesting wrinkle that you're never going to see anywhere else again, where you can attend other teams and scout their players and stuff like that. And how do you really regulate that if it's open to everybody? So I, it's all very interesting. But with that said, I guess like, out of the bubble west teams phoenix sacramento sacramento covid covid kings uh, <laughs> out of the, the sorry the suns the kings uh the spurs new orleans and memphis and portland <laughs> those six teams vying for i guess that eighth spot is there one team that just i guess on a fan perspective, like, oh, that would be amazing to watch the matchup against the Lakers. And then from like a tactical standpoint, like, do you want the Lakers to just have an easier time and just be like, give us the easiest matchup? Or do you want them to have sort of like an in the middle, get them sort of up and up and running kind of kind of team? I'm sorry, did you mention New Orleans in that group? I did. I you did. did yeah. Right. Okay. 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 Uh, they're they're like the obvious choice, I think. Right. Like everyone wants to see Zion again. Uh, we see all of our little baby Lakers who we miss dearly. Right. Um, yeah. That that would be freaking lit, dude. Like not <laughs> like we're gonna win, right? So it's fine. Um, but it would be it'd be crazy, dude. I think I saw someone's take on that. They said like the NBA wants Michael Jordan versus the, the Celtics, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then this would kind of be along those lines so i mean from a sheer entertainment standpoint regardless of the mj celtics comparisons i mean the nba was hyping all that stuff up during the regular season anyway so mm-hmm. um yeah that would be dope and then tactically speaking i mean i would rather get kind of fine-tuned and tested yeah, yeah. as opposed to getting a bunch of softballs thrown at me um so I, I think the Pelicans definitely fill that box as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, I agree with you in terms of like matchup wise, just for entertainment purposes, let's go with the New Orleans Pelicans because there's so many differing storylines. Lonzo Ball's first time in the playoffs, Brandon Ingram taking it back at the King. And then like you mentioned, to be clear, Zion is MJ in this parallel and the Lakers are the Celtics, you know, and, but I feel like it's even crazier because Zion and LeBron are more diametrically you know, not opposed, but they're more similar in terms of their build and how they play. So even that head-to-head matchup is kind of crazy between the teacher and the protege. Um, so there's just so much to go off of, and you can bet LeBron's going to be amped and hyped to one-up Zion every crazy put-back dunk he sees, you know? I mean... Oh, and Anthony Davis used to play for them, too. Oh, <laughs> forgot about that one. <laughs> I mean, just talking about it now, I'm just, like, almost, you know... Um, <laughs> But... Okay, so tactically, there's one team that I'm kind of scared of, and it's the Portland Trailblazers because oh yeah, they are the most experienced. It's Dame Dollar time. Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony's on or- that team. Exactly. <laughs> they got CJ. They got Carmelo, who's obviously very experienced, and there's probably a playoff Carmelo thing going on there too. Um, they're gonna get guys back like Zach Collins, who were unhealthy when the season was happening, and maybe Nurkic as well. So. Yeah, it's so they're so unexpected, and and the, obviously they have veterans who have been there before. That I'm like, yeah, we don't need that much of a fine tuning, you know. That, that that's kind of like verging on the edge of like, ooh, we may, this may be tougher than you know even we had anticipated. But I guess a good in the middle would probably be, yeah, facing the Pelicans or right now the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm fine with as well. Um, I I think the Pelicans would actually be harder than the Grizzlies right now for all of those different narratives. Uh, the Grizzlies just seem so so green and raw to me, even though John Morant is amazing. But I don't even know who their veterans are on that team. You know, it's Jonas Valanciunas. Javon, Javon Carter looks like a vet. True. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, like Dylan Brooks, like all of these guys. It's the just rookie like head coach. Yeah. They're literally a Cinderella story, but it's like, yeah. hey, if we if we face them, then yeah easy road for us but yeah i guess a good in the middle of everything would probably be the new orleans pelicans because i i imagine our experience will will win out at the end of the day but it'll also probably be entertaining i wouldn't be surprised if they they got a game on us just because we're adjusting as well but uh but yeah that that would be awesome to to kind of watch and experience um yeah, with that said, that'll do it for episode. We'll leave it here. And, uh, you know, some of this news may be outdated, but hopefully, like, the overarching topics on, you know, just what losing Avery Bradley means, uh, how the big rotation is going to shake out, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, hopefully those topics stay relevant and obviously um, just who we want the Lakers to play. One thing to note is that it'll be interesting once the NBA resumes like regular play. And once we get to experience a regular playoffs again, like what does playoff experience mean that at that point, you know, because this is, this doesn't exactly simulate playoff experience. So let's say we win the championship like next year when the real playoffs start, are we even considering Kuzma playoff ready KCP playoff, right? Cause it's like a totally different circumstance. You know what I mean? Do sure, we just kind of sure. throw it out the window? Are there some intangibles that can be taken away? I think there, there are right. Where it's like intangibly, they know what intensity feels like and every game matters that they can take with them to the playoffs next year. But the crowd hype and adjusting to that, that's the part where it's like, maybe you do a pure reset in terms of 
we can't really consider you, you know, playoff tested yet, even if you make it all the way to the finals or whatever, you know? you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point, that it isn't uh, the full, you know, full-blown experience, but it, it absolutely counts for something, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think it is extremely valuable because you would, let, let's flip it the other way, right? Say you're not in it. <laughs> Say you're one of the right. teams that is left out. I mean, you're not getting crap out of this experience then. So right. um, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, I, I would say for a guy like Kuz, you know, for some of the younger guys, um, I, I wouldn't put a huge asterisk on the playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just know that they'll have to adjust and adapt again and don't be surprised if they take a little bit of time doing that with the crowd intensity yeah, etc because I, I think it's it's all about confidence right like if you individually perform well heading into next season's playoffs which hopefully are more normal i would think that you know you can't convince me that i don't have playoff experience mm-hmm, or right. that it was illegitimate in some way um so if i create my own reality that a narrative that it was legit then you know, that's actually the most important thing. You're so. right. You can you can psych yourself up the other way, the positive oh, direction. Yeah. So totally. Yeah, you're right. That may actually work in their favor because in this bubble, in this lightning in a bottle, flash in the pan sort of moment, Kuzma randomly averages twenty points <laughs> just because he has like he's thrown caution to the wind, you know? To the point where even if you translate that out to next playoffs, like there's so much confidence there that even if he's adjusting, oh, Kuzma's a 15-point player in the playoffs next year. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And that goes for Alex Caruso, obviously, as well, where the production is more on the defensive end, too, and that's something he can bring with him to any environment. So uh, with that said, we will leave it there. We'll catch you guys next time. As usual, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please, please, please. Give us more followers on Twitter. Guys who jumped off, jump back on. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. I've been asking to get us to 420 for the longest while. Please help us do that. And also, if you want to see me and Alan on the, your screen wearing caps and everything like that and, and using more dynamic motions with our arms and, and our fingers and our spirit fingers, you can't hear the spirit fingers right now. But if you want to see that happen on screen, Follow our YouTube channel, Lakers Legacy, and you can cast us on your Roku or Smart TV, et cetera, et cetera. We'd love to get more subscribers. Uh, And with that said, we will catch you guys next time. Alan? Jonathan? Later. Peace. Peace. Don't get COVID. Wash your hands. (laughs) Same. You too. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.